Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick with the Notorious Fantasy Edit. Today's video, we're going to be talking about my top 12 ranked wide receivers for fantasy football in 2021. Inside of today's video, I'm just going to be breaking down each and every single wide receiver inside of my top 12 and explaining why I have them ranked at each and every spot inside of my rankings. But before we get into these top 12 wide receivers, I'd like to ask if you are new to my channel and you do end up enjoying to consider hitting that subscribe button down below because not only is it free... I put out content every single day to help you guys win your 2021 championship. And whether you are new or not, please hit that like button down below to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video. Two days ago, I did my top 12 running back rankings, so I figured I would hop onto the wide receiver train next. So without further ado, let's get into it. My number one ranked wide receiver this season is Stefan Diggs, wide receiver of the Buffalo Bills, underdog ADP wide receiver number two overall pick 10 now, something I noticed that is very different between wide receiver rankings of many versus running back rankings of many is that Christian McCaffrey is the unanimous reigning defending running back one in fantasy football two years in a row. People are drafting him as the running back number one off the board. But this year at wide receiver, I, there's not a real clear consensus of who the number one wide receiver is. Some people like Tyreek Hill, others like Stefan Diggs, other feels as though Devontae Adams is going to be that guy. So let me know down below who is your number one overall ranked wide receiver for fantasy football in 2021. Like I said, my personal lean is going to be Stefan Diggs, wide receiver of the Buffalo Bills, and that is because of the immense consistency that Stefan Diggs put up last season and that I could see projecting into 2021. Last year, Diggs played in all 16 games of the season, finishing as wide receiver three in PPR as well as in half PPR, and same goes with standard, averaging 20.5 PPR points per game, 16.6 half PPR points per game, and 12.6 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Stefan Diggs was the wide receiver three in PPR as well as in half PPR and the wide receiver number four in standard. The reason why I say there is so much safety with Stefan Diggs is because of how strong I believe this offense will continue to be in 2021 like they were last year as well as the amount of volume that you could project Stefan Diggs to see just like he saw last season. Last year he was number one in a bunch of the important categories that you want to look to check off for a wide receiver in fantasy football. He was number one in targets with 168, that being 10.5 targets per game. He also finished number one at receptions, 127, 7.9 per game. He was also number one in receiving yards, 1,535 with 95.9 per game. His total touchdowns were the only important category that was not in number one overall and fell outside of the top 10. That was eight total touchdowns on the season, number 13 at the wide receiver position. Now, projecting touchdowns for a wide receiver is very hard from a year-in, year-out basis. There's only a couple of guys who you can really see scoring 10-plus touchdowns every single year. That's probably Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers, Mike Evans with Jameis Winston with Tom Brady. He can do it with any of them. And then Julio Jones scoring like four touchdowns because that guy is allergic to scoring touchdowns. So those are the only three wide receivers that you can really have a good idea going year-in and year-out who are going to end up scoring a certain amount of touchdowns. Stefan Diggs could easily score 12, 14, 15, 16, 
touchdowns next season if he's going to continue to get the number one overall targets at the wide receiver position. And I know touchdowns are very important for a wide receiver, but if you guys remember just two years ago, you want to know Michael Thomas, why Michael Thomas was the number one overall wide receiver in fantasy football? It's not because he scored 25 touchdowns or something crazy. It's because the guy gets the ball in his hand so much. The amount of targets and receptions that you get can heavily elevate you past some of these guys who are even scoring 12 touchdowns on a year-in, year-out basis. So I think that Josh Allen is going to continue to get better. Last year, there were a whole lot of knocks, a whole lot of remarks against Josh Allen saying that, hey, he's not that accurate at throwing the deep ball. And it was true prior to last year, but Josh Allen really stepped up and ended up balling out. There's a reason why Josh Allen was getting MVP you know, remarks early on in the season. People were talking about how, hey, Josh Allen could win the MVP. And hey, Josh Allen's top five in MVP betting odds right now. Obviously, he didn't end up winning the MVP and Aaron Rodgers did. But at the end of the day, it shows that Josh Allen is a very competent quarterback. And with a wide receiver like Stefan Diggs, who if you overthrow him, he's going to be able to adjust and go ahead and get the ball. If you underthrow him, which is something Josh Allen doesn't really have a problem with. Normally, he just uses his cannon of an arm and just overshoots someone by 30 yards. But we didn't see that as much last season and Stefan Diggs is very solid in the contested catch so I'm pretty excited to be drafting Stefan Diggs this season and he would be my number one overall ranked wide receiver to draft but I can see why people like Tyreek or Devontae Adams over him at number two we got Tyreek the freak hill underdog ADP wide receiver number one overall pick 8.3 of the Kansas City Chiefs now the reason why I think that a lot of people have Tyreek Hill ranked at number one over Stefan Diggs over Devontae Adams is because of his potential to be a game breaker like you're playing the street football video game I'm talking about a guy that can drop 50 fucking points on your opponent in fantasy football metaphorically physically and literally stick his dick through the computer screen and stab your opponent with it all right or slap your opponent with it I guess would make a little bit more sense Tyreek Hill is a game breaker because of the amount of yards and touchdowns he could put up in one game he could easily score an 80 yard touchdown at the flick of Patrick Mahomes wrist you would not be surprised at all if you flicked on the TV on Sunday you weren't watching and you saw a highlight tape of Tyreek Hill catching three fucking touchdown passes because we saw it last season up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week number 12 up against Carlton Davis he had a grand total of 13 receptions on 15 targets he had two hundred and sixty nine receiving yards three touchdowns 57.9 fantasy points 57.9 half ppr points in that game how is your opponent going to beat you if you have a guy that has the potential to drop 57 points i think that's why people haven't ranked higher than stefan diggs but with that immense boom potential there are going to be games where tyreek hill falls below 15 half ppr points per game and you are a little bit disappointed whereas stefan diggs has a much higher chance of that not happening to him that's why i lean with stefan diggs but am i gonna have a huge argument in the comment section if you like tyreek hill more fuck no that would be a stupid argument to have targets last season Tyreek Hill had 134 8.9 per game ranking ninth at the wide receiver position 87 receptions 5.8 per game ranking 15th at wide receiver and 17 total tugs on the season ranking second at the wide receiver position he finished as the wide receiver two in all formats last year playing in 15 games averaging 21.9 PPR points per game 19 half PPR points per game and 16.1 standard points per game from a points per game perspective he was the wide receiver two in all formats. Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill are in a comparable situation. They both are in 
Two of the best offenses in the AFC, two of the best offenses in the NFL. They are also both number one wide receivers on teams that like to throw the football. So that's why you can see some comparison there. Obviously, they're not the same fucking wide receiver. Tyreek Hill would run circles around Stephon Diggs, but I'm not sure that Tyreek Hill can make the contested catches that Stephon Diggs does. These are both elite wide receivers. That's why there shouldn't be too much of a debate here. If you're ranking these guys in tiers, Diggs, Hill, and Adams are all going to be in the same tier. And speaking of Devontae Adams, he is the next wide receiver to be discussing here. Underdog ADP wide receiver number four on the year. Overall pick 16 Point three. When it comes to Devontae Adams, there is definitely some risk. And it has nothing to do with Devontae Adams itself. It has to do with the quarterback, Mr. A.A. Ron Rodgers. Now, yesterday, it came out that Mike Florio said that Aaron Rodgers is going to attend camp, but look for him to get traded. Now, does that mean that I'm going to completely agree with what Mike Florio says? Mike Florio, at points, has been correct. At points, he has been incorrect. So I kind of take that as some pixie dust, you know, it's not too big of a deal, but it's something to note. I believe still in my heart of hearts and Vegas believes he's minus 400 right now to return to the Green Bay Packers that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starting quarterback of the team. Last year in 14 games, Devontae Adams was the wide receiver one in PPR as well as in half PPR and in standard averaging 25.6 PPR points per game, 21 and a half PPR points per game and 17.4 standard points per game. From a points per game perspective, he was wide receiver one in all four formats as well if Aaron Rodgers returns to the Green Bay Packers while normally the number one player at running back wide receiver and quarterback they do not repeat except for the only position where you know guys can repeat is at tight end because there's normally just that one really alpha guy a guy like Travis Kelsey in the past a guy like Rob Gronkowski but at wide receiver there could be a million guys that finish as the wide receiver one so it's kind of stupid to project the same guy to finish back-to-back years but I would be hard-pressed to not rank Devontae Adams as the number one overall wide receiver if I know for sure Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing now if Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback then you back up on Aaron at on Devontae Adams. You back up, not into the next fucking state or something, but you back up a couple of feet. You say, hey, Devontae Adams is still a great wide receiver. He should be good with Jordan Love, but he just does not have the same quarterback as he would with Aaron Rodgers, who loves to throw the ball to Devontae Adams. So I'm going to back up a little, maybe wide receiver 10. But right now I got him slotted in as the wide receiver three, which I think is a nice sweet spot here because of that potential that Rodgers ends up returning and the potential that even with Jordan Love, Jordan Love should be feeding Devontae Adams because you know what a young quarterback's going to do? He's going to throw it to the best guy on the field. The best guy, the guy that can catch fucking anything. The guy that you throw the ball anywhere in a certain radius of his arm length, he's going to catch the ball. That's why you throw it to Devontae Adams. I'm very confident, even with Jordan Love, that he should be good. But again, we are projecting that he will be with Mr. A.A. Ron Rodgers. He had 146 targets last season, 10.6 per game, ranking fourth at the wide receiver position in 14 games. He had 115 receptions, number two at wide receiver, 1,374 receiving yards, and was number one in the touchdown category with 18 in the the red zone, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers make love metaphorically before the ball is even snapped. You could just tell when Devontae Adams makes a cut that this guy is going to be buck naked wide open in the end zone and he is just going to be scoring so many touchdowns. This guy has a 34.1% target share in the Packers offense, 42.2% in the red zone. Almost half the time the ball comes out of Aaron Rodgers' hands in the red zone, it's going to Devontae Adams. 
One-third of the time he throws the ball in general is going to Devontae Adams. That's because Devontae Adams can get triple covered, and it doesn't fucking matter. Aaron Rodgers and him have that telepathy. Telepathy? (laughs) What's that word? Where you can, you know, work together with your brain type of deal. Starts with a T. Something something like that. I apologize if you think I'm a fucking idiot now. But they have that together where they just know exactly what's going to happen. Rodgers throws it. Adams catches it. It's nothing. It's so, so simple. So don't overthink Devontae Adams. Even with the situation with Aaron Rodgers. If you guys have ended up enjoying these top three wide receiver breakdown. Please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below. Because we are about 10 minutes-ish into this video. Wide receiver number four. We have... Have wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons, Calvin Ridley, underdog ADP 16.3, underdog ADP wide receiver number five. Now, going into this year, the door has officially been swung open. Swung right open with that trade of Julio Jones. Because with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley was the wide receiver too. Last year, obviously, or wide receiver two on the team. But with Julio Jones gone last year, Calvin Ridley stepped up to the plate. And with Julio Jones there, Calvin Ridley was still really fucking good. So while I don't necessarily feel as though Julio leaving elevates Calvin Ridley to this supreme level. Because I think that even with Julio Jones there, Calvin Ridley could have been on a path to become the number one wide receiver in fantasy football, but it certainly helps that he is the clear alpha dog now in this offense. In 15 games, Calvin Ridley finished as the wide receiver 5 in PPR, 4.5 PPR, and the wide receiver number 4 in standard, averaging 18.8 PPR points per game, 15.8 half PPR points per game, and 12.8 standard points per game, meaning from a points per game perspective, he was the wide receiver 4 in full and half PPR, as well as being the wide receiver number 3 in standard. Matt Ryan, while people continue to not really throw too much respect on his name is still a pretty solid wide receiver or not a wide receiver he plays quarterback I'm not even all that concerned with the quarterback situation even if Matt Ryan was to kind of take a step back a little bit because I know how this team is going to be playing the game of football the Atlanta Falcons offense is going to have to throw the ball the most amount of times probably in the NFL that is something that Matt Ryan is basically accustomed to at this point in his career because the Atlanta Falcons defense is so fucking bad the defense Game in, game out, gets bent over a table, and they don't even use any lube. He doesn't, the defense doesn't even get a spit on before they get absolutely raw dogged in the ass by any single offense. So you know what that means? Now the offense late in the game is going to have to be funneling the ball to Calvin Ridley, to Kyle Pitts, to Russell Gage, and to Kyle Pitts. They're going to have to be throwing the ball a lot late in these games, which gives Calvin Ridley a lot of potential to somehow maybe finish as the wide receiver one in 2021 last year he had 143 targets 9.5 per game ranking seventh at the wide receiver position he had 90 total receptions 11th at wide receiver for 1,374 receiving yards number four at the wide receiver position and nine total touchdowns ninth highest at the wide receiver position he had a 25.1 percent target share in that Atlanta Falcons offense ranking 13th at the wide receiver position and there is a pretty easy scenario that you can see You know, you rub the crystal ball. You can definitely see a scenario where he has a higher target share because Julio is going to be gone all year. 
And what's so crazy about it for Calvin Ridley is that if you pull up his game log on player profile or on ESPN or anything, you can look at the games and you can't tell me what the difference in the game is with Julio Jones versus without because there's very similar numbers in all of these games. He's putting up 30 plus points with Julio. Without Julio, he's also dropping 30 bombs. So the potential for Calvin Ridley is really the ceiling is a wide receiver one in fantasy football for 2021. Like I said, not very concerned about Matt Ryan. I do not expect Kyle Pitts to be seeing so much targets that there's any way he could take away from Calvin Ridley. And I do expect Calvin Ridley to easily finish as a top five wide receiver for fantasy football in 2021. At number five to close out the top five is DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver of the Arizona Cardinals, underdog ADP, wide receiver number three, overall pick 15 point two in 16 games d hop finished as the wide receiver four in ppr five and a half ppr and the wide receiver number nine in standard averaging 18 ppr points per game 14.4 half ppr points per game and 10.8 standard points per game meaning from a points per game perspective deandre hopkins was the wide receiver five in ppr eight and a half ppr and the wide receiver number 11 in standard going into last year just like with stefan diggs i was really nervous about this COVID offseason and getting moved from team to team and I was wrong on both of them I was worried about D-Hop I was worried about Stefan Diggs and both of those guys basically just spit directly onto my face DeAndre Hopkins had a great season in Arizona now I did have a tough time figuring out where to put DeAndre Hopkins because I don't get excited to draft DeAndre Hopkins I'm not sitting there when I see DeAndre Hopkins fall to me in the second round, and I'm screaming in my head, holy fuck, I got DeAndre Hopkins! I'm not, like, having a spaz attack in my brain thinking this is the greatest moment in the history of my life. I can draft DeAndre Hopkins here, right? And the reason why I don't get super excited is because, for some reason, I just feel like the Arizona Cardinals do not throw in the red zone. They just don't throw the ball in the red zone as much as you would like. DeAndre Hopkins in Houston basically was an instant touchdown near the end zone. And I'm not saying that that means Bill O'Brien is some fucking galaxy brain genius head coach. He's not. But he was giving the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, whereas it seems as though Cliff Kingsbury likes to try to run the ball when they get close to the goal line. They did throw the ball to him 26.1% of the time in the red zone. He also had a 29.4% target share in that offense, ranking second at wide receiver. So he's going to be getting a lot of targets. I just don't really see those huge weeks out of DeAndre Hopkins that I think I could see out of a Calvin Ridley out of a Devontae Adams, out of a Tyreek Hill, and out of a Stefan Diggs. Last season, DeAndre Hopkins had 160 targets, 10 per game, ranking number two at the wide receiver position. He had 115 receptions, number two at wide receiver, 1,407 receiving yards, number two at wide receiver, and just six touchdowns. Like I was saying earlier with Stefan Diggs, it's very hard to project touchdowns, so I'm not too sure if he will be going up in touchdowns, but the one thing that kind of deters me away from DeAndre Hopkins is that he doesn't really have that 40 to 50 point potential in my opinion in this offense and he also had a bunch of games last season dropping below 15 half PPR points week four up against Carolina 11.1 points week six up against the Dallas Cowboys 9.3 up against Miami 6.0 in week number nine week 11 up against Seattle 10.1 points that's not really going to be winning you your week. Week 17 up against the LA Rams, 7.5 against Jalen Ramsey. So again, I'm just not super excited to be drafting DeAndre Hopkins. Does that mean I think he's bad? No. 
Is he a fine second round pick? 100%. But he just does not excite me the same way the other four players do inside of the top five. Now, on to wide receiver six through 10. Coming in at number six, we have wide receiver of the New Orleans Saints, Michael Thomas, the unanimous wide receiver one going into fantasy football last year, currently coming off the board at underdog ADP wide receiver nine, overall number pick 26.7 up one slot this week. To be honest with you, Michael Thomas has been falling into the third round in a ton of drafts, and I think he is going to be the biggest steal of fantasy drafts in 2021. Sure, last year, if you draft Michael Thomas, it felt as though you have been screwed over immensely, and I completely understand that. But at the end of the day, you have to throw away last year in some way with Michael Thomas. He gets injured, he comes back, but is he really back? He gets in a fight with a teammate, I believe, happened. There was some shit where they benched him again, and things were going crazy last season. Michael Thomas is one of the most safe wide receivers in fantasy football, even if he's one of the biggest douchebags in the world on Twitter, talking about how you can't guard Mike, all this shit, spitting all this and then does nothing in some of these games. But I'm going to put a lot of the blame on Drew Brees because Drew Brees looked like a limp dick quarterback in 2021. In seven games last year, Michael Thomas was the wide receiver, 93 in PPR, 97 and half PPR, 102 in standard, averaging 12 PPR points per game, 9.1 half PPR points per game, and 6.3 standard points per game. Wide receiver, 41 in PPR, 48 and half PPR, and 63 in standard from a points per game perspective. So obviously, none of those numbers are going to get you all riled up. Get you a little bit horned up to be drafting a guy like Michael Thomas, but you have to throw it back. A little throwback Thursday action today on a Tuesday. Throwback Tuesday today because in 2020, his stats looked nothing like what they looked like in 2019 because he got injured last year. 55 targets, 7.9 per game. 7.9 per game is low for Michael Thomas. He had 40 receptions, 5.7 per game. Low for Michael Thomas. 438 receiving yards, 62.6 per game. Low for Michael Thomas and zero total touchdowns but if you throw it back to 2019 this motherfucker had 186 targets which is you guessed it number one at wide receiver 11.6 targets per game he had 149 receptions 9.3 per game number one at wide receiver 1725 receiving yards number one at wide receiver and nine total touchdowns third highest at wide receiver so you can see that hey in 2020 2020 the wide receiver touchdown scoring was much higher than it was in 2021 that's what that tells me and what it also tells me is that michael thomas don't need no fucking touchdowns to be the wide receiver one in fantasy football potentially because of the amount of targets he's going to get game in and game out and i think a lot of the reason why people are worried they're shivering their timbers about draft drafting Michael Thomas is because of famous Jameis Ida W steal your fucking crab Winston Jameis Winston is not the greatest quarterback in the NFL but he does like to fire the ball off into some dangerous situations but you want to know what Sean Payton is going to tell him to do to throw the ball to Michael Thomas you want to know why because Michael Thomas is three feet away from you just wide open because he's the slant king can't guard Mike but now that's not even necessarily true people make fun of him for being the slant boy and yes it's fucking hilarious but if you look at his actual route tree he's not just running slants every single game like people make it up to be but it is pretty funny so I like the joke but at the end of the day Michael Thomas is going to be a target king. Sean Payton is still the head coach there, even with a change at quarterback. As long as it's not Taysom Hill, I believe Michael Thomas will be able to have success in 2021. At wide receiver number seven, we have JJ Justin Jefferson, wide receiver of the Minnesota Vikings, underdog ADP, wide receiver number eight, overall pick 24.5. Last season, Justin Jefferson 
took the league by a fucking storm. And this was not just a little bit of a rain, a little down day. No, this is like a thunderstorm with a fucking tornado. And then a volcano started erupting. I'm talking about bad news bears for any DB trying to guard Justin Jefferson and his stupid gritty touchdown celebration. Last year, Justin Jefferson was on top of the world. It took just two games of being all right, right? Week one, 4.6 points, 7.4 points being wide receiver 69. I like uh, week number two up against Indianapolis. But week three, the floodgates were open. 30.5 points up against Malcolm Butler and the Tennessee Titans, number two overall wide receiver on the week. Great work for Justin Jefferson. And people will point the finger at, hey, Nick, Justin Jefferson's quarterback is Kirk Cousins, and they like to run the ball a lot. And they do like to run the ball a lot with Dalvin Cook. But it just doesn't seem to matter. Adam Thielen, still going to get fed. Justin Jefferson, still going to get his. Justin Jefferson took Adam Thielen out of the driver's seat and didn't even put him in shotgun. He just threw him out the fucking window because he doesn't want anything to do with Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson surpassed Adam Thielen in like four seconds in targets on the team. Last year, Jefferson in 16 games finished as the wide receiver six in PPR, half PPR, as well as in standard. Averaging 17.1 PPR points per game, 14.4 half PPR points per game, and 11.6 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Justin Jefferson was the wide receiver nine in PPR, eight and a half PPR, and the wide receiver number nine in half PPR. Now, a couple of weeks ago, if you asked me how I would have felt about Justin Jefferson, it would have been the same answer about DeAndre Hopkins. I'm fine drafting him where he's going, but I don't feel no no tingles in my body, no butterflies in my body to be drafting a guy like Justin Jefferson. But now, now that I've looked back at the tape, the tape is beautiful. You put on a Justin Jefferson video, your eyes are going to be creaming. Nice orgasm out of your eyeballs. 125 targets last year, 16th at wide receiver, 88 receptions, 13th at wide receiver, 1,400 receiving yards, 3rd at wide receiver, and 7 total touchdowns. Justin Jefferson is not necessarily going to be this insane target monster. He was still a 25.7% target share in that Minnesota Vikings offense, ranking number 9 at wide receiver. So he's still going to be getting a lot of targets when it comes to a team perspective, but they don't throw the ball as much as a team like New Orleans, as much as a team like the Bills, like the Chiefs, like the Green Bay Packers. But that's okay. That's a-okay because when they throw the ball, the defense is caught off guard because they're just going to think that Kirk Cousins can't do anything. He's just going to hand the ball off a million times. Well, it's definitely not true. They do believe the defense has to know that Kirk Cousins is just about all right. You like that. But Justin Jefferson is always fucking open. He's another one of these wide receivers that is just always open, and I am very excited to get him onto my team, even if they are not this super pass-heavy offense. He ran a 4.43 40-yard dash out of college, 86th percentile. And what's crazy is he did this in a COVID offseason as a rookie. Put up all those stats, which is something I thought would go against these guys. But the wide receivers early on started getting it going. And Justin Jefferson, well, really only Justin Jefferson was the real big rookie winner of last year. But I think Justin Jefferson is going to just start off where he finished last year and he's going to have a strong 2021 season. I do not project much of a fall off for Jefferson in 2021. At number eight, we have A.J. Brown, wide receiver of the Tennessee Titans. Overall pick 23.2. 
according to underdog ADP, wide receiver number seven. AJ Brown last year in 14 games finished as the wide receiver 14 in PPR, 12 and a half PPR, and the wide receiver number 10 in standard, averaging 17.2 PPR points per game, 14.8 half PPR points per game, and 12.2 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, he was wide receiver seven in PPR, five and a half PPR, and the wide receiver number six in standard. Last season, this Tennessee Titans offense was looking to unload targets in A.J. Brown. But somehow, Corey Davis finally became an NFL wide receiver. It's almost like he was drafted very highly in the draft to do that. And then A.J. Brown wasn't in for this immense amount of targets that I kind of thought he was. But it didn't even matter because even with just 106 targets, ranking 30th at wide receiver, with just 70 receptions, 27th highest at the wide receiver position, he put up 1,073 receiving yards and 11 total touchdowns, 5th highest at the wide receiver position. So he had a great year, even when Corey Davis had that breakout year. So my thought process is A.J. Brown should still be fine with Julio Jones there. Sure, his top five potential may be slimming down. It may be kind of falling out of luck here for A.J. Brown, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily gone. I just feel like if Julio Jones is healthy, that doesn't necessarily help A.J. Brown all that much, but that could also be the completely wrong thought process because with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley was still able to be very successful because guess what? Now you can't double cover A.J. Brown. You would have been able to do that going into this season if they had not gotten Julio Jones. They had not traded for him. You would have just had a doubling of A.J. Brown. He still would have been solid for fantasy football, but now you have to worry about Julio as well. You have to worry about Derrick Henry. This is a team that likes to run the ball kind of like the Minnesota Vikings two wide receivers in very similar situations and I still feel pretty confident in AJ Brown for 2021 especially since I think Julio Jones genuinely will be able to take away coverage from AJ Brown that could end up hurting him AJ Brown just like all these wide receivers that are in the top 10 finished relatively high in the target share of their offense 25.8% of the time the ball is going to Mr. AJ Brown eighth highest at the wide receiver position so I'm pretty happy with this modest ranking of AJ Brown I was a bit higher on him early on in the season but I realized or earlier on in the offseason but I realized I really needed to move Michael Thomas up further that originally had him I believe as the wide receiver number nine speaking of the wide receiver number nine we have Keenan Allen wide receiver of the Los Angeles Chargers underdog ADP 27.8 overall wide receiver number 10 last year in 14 games Keenan Allen finished as the wide receiver 12 in PPR 14 and a half PPR and the wide receiver 18 in standard from a points per game perspective, though, he was wide receiver 6 in PPR, 11.5 PPR, and 14 in standard, averaging 17.5 PPR points per game, 13.9 half PPR points per game, and 10.4 standard points per game. And I've made this joke so many times. I've talked about this ad nauseum, about how the Los Angeles Chargers got flipped upside down last year. Flipped completely upside down, fucking put into a swirly like the high school bully would get in a movie or give you in a movie they give the nerd a fucking swirly inside of the toilet that where they fucking flush the toilet a bunch of times the kid's head moves all around and then he's fine right that's what they do in the movie that's basically what Terod Taylor did to that offense he took Keenan Allen and threw him into the gutter now Keenan Allen I believe was actually all right week one Keenan Allen no no he wasn't he only scored 7.7 points up against the Cincinnati Bengals but once once Justin Herbert everyone's favorite pervert stepped into the game it was beautiful. Chef's kiss. Magnifique. Keenan Allen. Everyone talks about Allen as one of the sharpest route runners in the NFL, which he is, which he is. He runs those crispy routes. He's got those silky smooth feet. And he's on an offense 
with the offensive rookie of the year, the quarterback, Justin Herbert. Mike Williams is looking to get more involved and stay healthy with the healthy Austin Eckler back. This offense is going to be feared. This is going to be a very scary offense, like the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not saying the Chargers offense is the Chiefs, but maybe one day they can be the Kansas City Chiefs. Keenan Allen has been a ultra-safe wide receiver throughout his NFL career with Phillip Rivers and now with Justin Justin Jefferson, Justin Herbert, for a reason. It's because he's one of those guys that is very heavy in the target category. 147 targets last year, 10.5 per game, ranking fifth at the wide receiver position. 100 receptions, 7.5 or 7.1 per game, ranking fifth at wide receiver. Only 992 receiving yards, 16th highest at wide receiver and 8 total touchdowns, 13th highest at the wide receiver position, even without eclipsing 1,000 yards. Did not get the century mark. Still wide receiver 12 in PPR, 14 and a half PPR, and 18 in standard. But what I want you guys to look at most importantly when I'm making these videos is the points per game finish because he was wide receiver 6 in PPR from a points per game perspective. It's because he missed so many games. He missed two games, which in all reality isn't a lot. That's not a lot, but it is going to take you down a peg. It's going to because some of these wide receivers play all 16 games and it throws you back down. But at the end of the day, Keenan Allen is in this silky smooth offense with a new head coach who's not a certified bozo like Anthony Lynn. Keenan Allen is, again, a guy that I feel ultra safe drafting inside of the third, inside of the fourth round where he may end up falling in 2021. Keenan Allen is basically a walking Trojan condom commercial because he is ultra safe. Now at wide receiver number 10, we have Decaf Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks underdog ADP wide receiver six underdog ADP overall pick 21.1 now me and Mike me up we had a nice discussion on the Seattle Seahawks video about this offense Mike much higher on the passing attack of Seattle versus myself I'm low on DK Metcalf and the reason why I'm low is because he's so tall haha <laughs> funny joke and because I'm just worried about how much this team's going to be passing the ball the defense looked better later in the season, and if the defense continues to play on that path, then they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit more. And you know what Pete Carroll loves more than anything? It's running the football. I'm sure he would rather lose one of his kids, if he has any kids, rather than not being able to run the football. That's just what he lives for. He lives and breathes for chewing some gum on the sideline and running the fucking football. Run the fucking football. That's Pete Carroll's main theme as a person that's going to be on his gravestone establish the run is what is going to stay on his gravestone because he just loves running the ball more than anything russell wilson is in the pocket cooking up a five-star meal like gordon ramsey like fucking guy fietti i don't know if guy fietti can make a five-star meal but i know he can eat some five-star meals i know that much about him but at the end of the day russell wilson can really do everything in the pocket maneuver his way run the ball throw four touchdowns in a game, and then the next game, Pete Carroll will be like, you know what we need to do? Run the ball with Chris Carson. And there's not a knock at Chris Carson. I think Chris Carson's good, but they run the ball too much. And it worries me. But again, the defense is dick, so they're not going to really be able to run the ball all that much. But I'm still also worried because Tyler Lockett was really inconsistent last season. And what if we see more consistency out of Tyler Lockett? Then we see a downturn of DK Metcalf. Because if you notice last year, when Lockett's having these boom games, when Lockett is taking the defense out back and murdering them behind a Denny's, then you know what happens to DK Metcalf? He falls asleep. He's on his sleepy's mattress. He's just nights it lights out. No one's home. 
and DK plays like shit, but Lockett plays really good. And I worry that if Lockett really turns it up a lot more this season, then Metcalf falls off the edge of a cliff. Does this mean you should not draft DK Metcalf? No. But where he's going at wide receiver number six, to me, he would be a fade. He's still a top 10 wide receiver in my rankings, so I don't even think you can really crucify me for this one. But I just don't feel ultra excited about drafting Metcalf in 16 games. Wide receiver seven in PPR, seven and half PPR. And wide receiver five in standard, averaging 17 PPR points per game, 14.4 half PPR points per game, and 11.8 standard points per game. 17 PPR points per game, 14.4 half PPR points per game, and 11.8 standard points per game. DK Metcalf is ultra young. In Dynasty, this guy's a top wide receiver. But with Tyler Lockett on the team, and if Tyler Lockett steps it up, and maybe they stop throwing the ball as much as they did in some of those games, then Metcalf is in a down, tremendous situation. Still going to finish as a top 10 wide receiver, but I'm just not feeling the love at wide receiver number 6. Overall, last season, he had 129 targets, 8.1 per game, ranking 14th at wide receiver, 83 receptions, 17th highest at the wide receiver position, 1,303 receiving yards, 6th highest at wide receiver, and 10 total touchdowns, 7th highest at wide receiver. I feel like I may be the only person not all in on DK Metcalf this year. So let me know down below what you think about Metcalf. Maybe you think that I'm an idiot, and that's okay because I love having a nice discourse in the comment section about these players. I don't like DK Metcalf. Maybe you do, and that's a-okay. If you don't like any of these players, if you don't like some of these players in the rankings and you prefer other ones, that's okay because rankings are so subjective from person to person, and it's so hard to squeeze a lot of these guys into the top 12 because once I flip to this next side and you see wide receivers 11 through 12, you might be like, damn, Nick, you snubbed X. You should have had this guy inside of your rankings, and that's okay because that's just how the cookie crumbles, as they would say. Wide receivers 11 through 12. At number 11, we have wide receiver of the Chi-Town Bears, wide receiver number 13 on underdog right now. Overall pick 31.6, Mr. Safety, Mr. Consistency, Allen Robinson. Now, Allen Robinson has also been one of those very consistent players, but he has done it with quarterbacks that are terrible. He's done it with kissing titties, Mitchell Trubisky. He's done it with, you guessed it, 9-inch Nicholas Foles, horsecock Foles, and he's also done it with Blake Bortles. What do those three quarterbacks have in common? One of them has a Super Bowl. The other two don't. But they're all not that great. At least in a Bears uniform. Nick Foles was pretty good for Philly. Not the greatest in a Bears uniform. Uh, Blake Bortles never played in a Bears uniform. But he was just not the greatest. But now we are finally going to be able to see Allen Robinson at some point in next season have a legitimate quarterback. Now I know Nick Justin Fields has never played a fucking snap in the NFL in his life. He could be a bust just like that other Ohio State quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. I know you might believe that. Some people do. Some people do. But Justin Fields is feet, feet above what those other quarterbacks are. It's like if I was to stand next to Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is Justin Fields, and I'm all those other quarterbacks. That's just how I feel about it. I think that Allen Robinson is in for another great season. He's on a contract year. He wants to get that big fat bag, whether it's with the Bears or whether it's not with the Bears. He wants that money, and he is going to go out there and get it. Allen Robinson last year finished as the wide receiver 9 in PPR, 11.5 PPR, and 12 in standard, averaging 16.4 PPR points per game, 13.2 half PPR points per game, and 10.1 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, he was wide receiver 13 in PPR, 15.5 PPR, and 17 in standard. All of those big numbers with garbage fucking quarterbacks. What's not to love about Allen Robinson now? With a probable step up, 
from those quarterbacks in Andy Dalton and a leaps and bounds higher step up with Justin Fields. 151 targets last season for Mr. Allen Robinson, third at wide receiver. 1,250 receiving yards, 78.1 per game, eighth at wide receiver, 102 receptions, fourth at wide receiver, and six total touchdowns. Now, I understand that most people don't like Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, in my opinion, is a fucking dumbass of a head coach. The players seem to like Matt Nagy because he's a player's coach. He seems like he's a nice guy. He's got a nice glistening, shiny head where he wears his stupid visor every single game. I think that looks stupid. That's not the look, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, he can still get it done with Matt Nagy. And you better believe it. Allen Robinson is going to be a target monster again. All these guys that gets a lot of targets... They're going to finish pretty high at wide receiver. Getting a lot of targets is a key. Because the more targets you get, the more likely it is you get more receptions. The more receptions you get, the more yards you can get. And the more yards you can get, the more touchdowns you can score. It's very obvious. Very, very obvious. And a lot of people are sleeping on Mr. Allen Robinson. They're sleeping. They're not willing to wake up. They're like Snorlax in fucking Pokemon when he blocks you from being able to go through one of those corridors you have to go to. The last time I played a Pokemon game was Pokemon Green Leaf on my Game Boy Advance when I was like eight years old. So that's as much as I know about Pokemon. But what I do know is that people are actually sleeping like Snorlax on Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is an alpha NFL wide receiver. Allen Robinson is going to play amazing this year, and he is going to get the fat fucking check. One of those checks that they give you when you win the lottery. It's like $20 million. Boom, it's one of those huge checks. Allen Robinson should get one of those, and not from the Bears, because the Bears last year did Allen Robinson so dirty. Going or last offseason, I should say, in the offseason, because they're like, Allen Robinson's like, yeah, man, I want to get paid. His, uh, his agent's like, hey, pay Allen Robinson. The players are tweeting, hashtag pay Allen Robinson. You know what happened? You know what happened? They didn't pay Allen Robinson. They franchise tagged him. And you know what they did in that same swift moment? They took out Kenny Galladay. They whined. They dined him. They 69 Kenny Galladay, getting him these nice-ass steaks. And Kenny Galladay said, fuck you. I'm going to New York. And you know what Al Robinson should do? He should give the double birds to the Chicago Bears organization for completely fucking this guy over. But it's okay. Because he's going to be doing the fucking to the DBs this season. I love Al Robinson, wide receiver number 11. And at number 12, we have Scary Terry F1 McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver of the Washington football team. Still without a name. Overall pick 30.5 ADP wide receiver number 12. Playing 15 games, wide receiver 20 in PPR, 20 and half PPR, and 23 in standard. Averaging 14.9 PPR points per game, 12 half PPR points per game, and 9.1 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, he was the wide receiver 20 in PPR, 20 and half PPR, and wide receiver number 25 in standard. So going into last year, I was having wet dreams at night about Terry McLaurin's upside. I was thinking Dwayne Haskins is going to step it up a little, and boom, Terry McLaurin's going to be great. And while Terry McLaurin was getting the targets, getting the receptions, getting the yards, he couldn't find the end zone. He only scored four touchdowns last year. He had 134 targets. He had 87 receptions, 1,118 receiving yards. Couldn't find the end zone. You want to know why? Because at a lot of points in this season, Terry McLaurin had a shit-tier quarterback. Dwayne Haskins was bad. Alex Smith, great story. Not bad, but not good. Taylor Heineke looked good, but now he has Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to throw to his best wide receiver. That's what we saw in Miami when Devontae Parker had that huge year. That's what we're going to see here with Terry McLaurin, in my opinion. I think that Terry McLaurin has the build 
of an alpha wide receiver in the NFL. The build of a wide receiver that finishes in the top 12 in fantasy football. Maybe I was one year early on him last year, but I'm going to continue to bang the drum in 2021 because I believe this Washington football team is going to be great this year. They play up against Dick Cheese defenses in the NFC East six times a year. Six times a year, they have Swiss cheese matchups because there's a lot of holes in the defense. You get it? That's what's going to be happening. Terry McLaurin is a talented wide receiver, and they bring in a very good quarterback. Not a, I guess not a very good quarterback, but a quarterback with a lot of upside in Ryan Fitzpatrick week in, week out. I think a lot of people are going to win some serious money, some serious cashola with the Ryan Fitzpatrick-Terry McLaurin stack in 2021 on DFS. So, speaking of DFS... Guys, before we exit this video, make sure you're down below. I'm going to leave a link. Awesome-O Fantasy Football, the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button because later today on their YouTube channel, I'm going to be posting a video. I'm going to be posting a video Monday through Friday on there. There's going to be a video every day on my channel. There's going to be articles on their website. So make sure you follow everything down below so you get all the content I put out. You're sitting here watching me talk for like 40 plus minutes, so why would you not want to watch another 20 minutes of me talking on another channel? So thank you guys for watching. I genuinely appreciate it deep down in my heart. I love you guys so much. Thank you guys all for the support. We've been growing. Uh, this channel's been growing so much recently. It It's amazing. It's amazing. I can't wait till we get to the point where I hit 20,000 subscribers because then we're going to have to do some type of... Uh, I'm going to take... I'm not going to actually spoil what the picture is, but I'm going to be taking a very iconic football photo, and I will be one of the football players, and it's going to be funny as fuck. So I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you hit that subscribe button. If you did enjoy, I hope you hit that like button as well. Got to boost the video up the algorithm so that more people like yourself can see today's video. Thank you guys so much for watching again. Thank you for the support. It really does mean a lot to me. So I love you guys all. Make sure that you stay safe. Have a great rest of your guys' day. And I'll see you beautiful bastards later on Awesome Fantasy Football with another video. But I will also see you guys tomorrow with another banger on this YouTube channel. Love you guys all. Stay safe. Goodbye.